Welcome to the Transformed Maternity and Birth Podcast with me, Trista, your host. I am a mother, a wife, a doula, and women's health advocate. I am here to dive deep with you into pregnancy, birth, postpartum, women's health, and all things around being a mom. I'm passionate about educating women on their options, empowering you to love and know your body and getting to the root of the issues that we tend to put band-aids over. I cannot wait to get started with you. Let's do it. Hey everybody, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Transform Maternity and Birth Podcast. Um, So it is World Breastfeeding Week and so I just wanted to jump on and talk about my breastfeeding journey with my kids and just a really brief episode um, just to kind of give nod to how challenging and different breastfeeding can look for each and every individual. So I have been pregnant five times and I've given birth four times, three times, four times, (laughs) four times, and I've breastfed three of my kids. So my first baby, um, she's eight now. So man, she is just, it's crazy. I can't even believe that I have an eight year old. Well, she, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to breastfeed. I didn't really do any education on it. I just thought it was going to be super simple. Like, okay, I'm going to breastfeed. You just put them on the nipple and they suck and milk comes out. Honestly, I didn't even know where the milk came out. I thought the milk came out of, yes, obviously the, the nipple itself, but like the areola, I thought milk, cause someone had told me the milk actually comes out around the areola, which is definitely not true. <laughs> it's so funny now that I think about it, but I was like mm, 23, 23, 24 when I had her. So I was still pretty young and obviously naive as far as breastfeeding goes. So yeah. <laughs> and then when I was pregnant with her, I started leaking milk or colostrum and which was kind of interesting. And I only did it out of one breast. And so I thought the whole time, like, oh my gosh, I'm only going to be able to breastfeed out of one breast because I'm leaking only out of one nipple. And it's, and then I realized obviously that the colostrum comes out of the actual nipple, not the areola. Anyway, so I got that cleared up. So she came out and honestly, she did latch so easily and so great. Her mouth was so tiny, however, and I felt like my nipples were kind of on the bigger side, um, which I don't know. I hadn't seen many nipples at that point (laughs) in person. So, um, yeah, so I didn't know quite, um, if that was wrong, like if her mouth was too tiny, but truly like because so the lactation consultants and everything they come in and they try to squeeze they teach you how to hold your breast and they squeeze it like a sandwich and try to put it in their mouth and they're like their mouth has to be open really 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 wide to take a as much as your breast in as you can and I was like oh my gosh her mouth is so tiny how am I gonna shove this whole big boob in her mouth and so you know, we worked on that, but I was like so amazed by my body because the lactation consultant would come in and she would massage my breast downward on the top and show me that I am in fact producing colostrum. And she would squeeze out this thick yellow 
liquid and which is the colostrum and I was like amazed oh my oh my gosh look at that like that is so freaking cool so I knew my baby was getting plenty of food and um which was great because she was 38 and 6 when she was born 38 weeks and 6 days or five days born and so they were really concerned that she was getting enough calories to keep her blood sugar elevated so they would check her blood sugar every few hours which was really frustrating but they were like yep she's getting enough her um, blood sugar is staying up so there's that and so then we get we go home sorry if you can hear Freya we are outside she's playing in the water while I record this because mom life this is just how we're gonna do it <laughs> so anyway so we get home and she is just crying Haley, my daughter, she's just crying and crying and crying and crying, and she's not sleeping for very long at a time. Yeah. So I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she is starving. She is not getting enough milk. My milk hasn't came in yet. She's only getting colostrum. I'm not feeding my baby enough. And nobody told me that this would happen. Nobody told me about cluster feeding. And now in retrospect that I'm looking back, that's exactly what she was doing. She was trying to cluster feed to bring my milk in. So we were up and I was just kind of crying to my husband saying, I don't think she has enough milk. And we had some formula from like some sample that we got in the mail in the cupboard. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just go make her formula and see if that helps her. So I gave her some, she drank a couple ounces and, um, and that was the first and only, or not the first, but that was the first time she had formula. And she did pretty good with it. And I just kind of felt like a failure at that moment. I was just like, you know what? Like, this is not what I wanted. Why is my body not feeding her what she needs kind of thing? And so I just kind of started to feel down on myself. But then later on that day, my breasts just were huge. And I was like oh my gosh, and I was completely engorged, and my milk had came in, um, so yeah, so my milk came in, and so that took five days for my milk to come in, and, and I hear so many stories about moms that are like, my baby was so, so hungry, we had to get formula, and so I was like, I, I can totally relate to that, but really what your baby is probably doing, yes, there are some circumstances where, you know, formula is necessary to supplement, but your baby is crying and wanting to feed so much because that's how they signal to your body to get the milk to start um, flowing. That's how they get that signal to your brain to produce that um, hormone to make more milk. And so that's kind of this cycle that has to happen. And so sometimes babies are crying and unsettled because they are um, trying to get that, trying to cluster feed. It's just this biomechanics that is just that we're born with. So anyway, so my daughter, she breastfed and then I had to go back to work at six, seven weeks postpartum, which is now I look back and I'm like, how did I even do that? That is just insane. So she had, I had to pump and give her bottles, which, you know, is fine. And, um, it was, you know, not too bad. I would pump every couple hours at work. I would have to clock out and pump and then at work and I would take my big old pump to work and I worked with a doctor. So 
in like a family practice. And so during lunchtime, I would go into one of the exam rooms and lock myself in the room and pull out the end of the table and just put the uh, pump on there. And I would try to eat my lunch and hold the pump on at the same time. It was so funny because I was trying super hard to like hold them on with both my hands at the same time and eat. And that was so hard. I didn't have one of those free or hands-free pumping bras. I honestly didn't even know that they made those. So I tried to figure out how to make my own. So I'd get like an ace bandage and try to like maneuvers like MacGyver some like sort of hands-free pumping bra and it was so frustrating now there's all sorts of hacks and stuff for that which is super helpful and I wish I knew it knew it back then but I didn't so um yeah so pumping at work I would try to do it in like 20 minutes 10 20 minutes just so I because I it was a busy practice I couldn't like clock out um, there was times where I was so busy that I would just have to just, you know, miss that pumping session, which is really frustrating. Um, but that's just kind of how it is sometimes when you're working and when people don't recognize like, oh, she needs to pump. Like, let's, you know, let's encourage her to take her break. But when there isn't a lot of staff to cover you, then it just makes it a little bit cha more challenging, you know. Um, so this goes on for, you know... A little bit and I don't remember quite the time when I had to switch to um, formula but there was a time I noticed that my milk I was not producing enough milk my storage and my freezer started dwindling and I was like oh oh no okay I guess I'm gonna have to start supplementing so <clears throat> I would give my babysitter um, a can of formula and just you know tell her okay, we'll feed her breast milk first. And then when that's gone, then just do the formula. So, and she was my, she's my cousin and she was an amazing mom. And so she kind of, she, she kind of has been there, done that. So she, I felt really safe and comfortable with her. So we did that together. And, um, then my milk in her, my stash was completely gone. So I'd pump a big bottle for her in the morning, take that to her house and she would use that first. And then the rest of the day she had a formula and um yeah that lasted for a while and that lasted for eight months and so one day I was at home and I was um feeding her trying to nurse her and she was crying and and getting really stressed out and like fighting me and she kept popping off the boob and just just screaming and just being really really upset and I was like, do you want the bottle instead? So I gave her the bottle and she drank the bottle, fell asleep, content as could be. And that was the very last time we nursed. And it's sad when I, like, when I think back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known that that was the very last time. Cause I, you know, I don't know what I would have done differently, honestly, but it's just kind of surreal. And not what I was planning on. I was planning to do it at least a year, but that's just not what happened. And then I kind of just forgave, not forgave myself, but kind of gave myself grace and was like, and just been, was compassionate. And you're like, you know what? This is what she wants. And she's happier this way. And, and just let it be. And it was fine. And I forgot to mention in the beginning, my nipples were getting cracked and really, really sore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. The first two weeks was so hard. So I used a nipple shield and that helped my nipples heal enough so that she could breastfeed. 
Um, so that's a really good um, way that you can get your nipples to heal if you're struggling breastfeeding because the latch is painful. Obviously get a, get seen by a lactation consultant so you can make sure the latch is proper. But then while you're working on that latch, get a nipple shield so that they can actually heal. Because if you're just continuously breastfeeding on sore cracked nipples, it's harder and it takes longer for them to heal. So nipple shields are great. And if I would have known back then about Silverette um, nipple cups, I would have done that because those are incredible. So anyway, so I did a nipple shield. They healed. She, um, I weaned her off of the nipple shield and then everything was great. And so we did that for eight months and then, um, then it was just formula until she was 12 months and then we did cow's milk. So kind of like your standard first time mom textbook, what you're told kind of thing that you do. So the next time I breastfed was with my son, um, Wyatt. So that was almost four years later. And that was kind of the similar. Um, my milk actually came in in the hospital, which was super awesome. I was pumping so much that they had to take it back to the NICU or the nursery and store it in their freezer so that I could take it home. I had bags, like two full bags of milk to take like freezer bags full of milk to take home, which was super awesome. But I never used it. I never had a babysitter or a, I didn't work anymore with him. I decided to be a stay-at-home mom when I had him, and so I didn't have to use it. So a lot of it went to waste, which I'm really sad about because I didn't know about breast milk jewelry back then. Um, I have some stashed in my freezer still right now from that, but the beginning, like the colostrum, the yummy stuff is not there. And I didn't know about donation really which is kind of sad now to think about. Um, but yes, so I, my milk came in in the hospital and he was a really great nurser. He did amazing, um, amazing, amazing. I'm really, I was really lucky that I didn't have to deal with tongue tie or anything with my children. Um, that was something that I was aware of and so I'm really happy that that wasn't something that I had to to be seen for and um, get taken care of. But it is definitely something that is, you know, easily treated and something you want to check, have your lactation consultant in the hospital check for. So, um, yeah, so, and oh, something funny too. So I had so much milk um, that I was pumping, right? But the pediatrician in the hospital, because my son had a jaundice pretty bad, so he was, um, they had lights and a bed and the billy lights and the billy blanket in the room with me for an extra seven days. And so we stayed in the hospital for an extra seven days doing lights and, and the doctor, the pediatrician, they had like three different ones that would rotate and it was so frustrating because they all gave me different advice and one of them was saying that I needed to pump and feed him. So breastfeed him for 30 minutes and then pump and feed him the rest in the bottle, which was so frustrating because I'm like, why? He's nursing perfect. I don't understand why you want me to feed him with a bottle. And retrospectively, I look back and think, oh, it was probably because they weren't thinking that he was actually like drinking enough. Like I had a lot of milk, but he wasn't drinking it. I have honestly no idea. It's just kind of weird. So pediatricians need to maybe get a little bit more educated on, on all of that, maybe. So, yeah, so we went home, and both of my kids would have issues with um, throwing up a lot. So we did this for, like, the first three months. They would projectile vomit 
um, almost every time they ate and it was because I had a forceful letdown and so that was really frustrating for for us and so we would try different things I would try to um, you know do different positions with them we would do like a football hold I would try kind of leaning them forward and feeding them so that they were kind of almost sitting up so that the milk they could control it better we would try laying down so they could dribble it out of their mouth there's so many different positions that you can try so we've tried we tried so we tried all all the things I tried so many things gripe water and they weren't colicky it was just that they would just throw up and they it didn't bother them so I knew it wasn't like reflux it was just that I think my milk was coming so fast that they couldn't swallow it so they swallowed a bunch of air trying to you know gulp all this milk down and then they would just like projectile vomit which was so hard and so frustrating but um we just wanted to make sure that they were gaining weight still and having enough poopy and pee diapers to make sure that they were getting enough to drink and eat so those are the big things you want to look for if you're child is projectile vomiting you know making seeing if it's uncomfortable for them after they throw up because that's a sign that it's burning their esophagus and it's uncomfortable so that's a reflex and then making sure that they're gaining enough weight and that they are um, having enough wet and poopy diapers so um what else would I what else did I want to touch on with him was he oh I also had to use the nipple shield with him because my nipples actually were bleeding with him so that wasn't fun so the nipple shield also saved my nipples with with him for sure it was it was definitely something I needed to do and that's only like the first maybe two or three weeks so I always say and I feel like so many moms can maybe vouch for this too is like the first at least the first two to three weeks are the worst that's when your milk is getting regulated. That's when you and your baby are learning this new skill together. And after that, it starts to become a little bit easier. And then after like three months, you're like, okay, like we got this. This is easy. And then it's just easy and it's just nice. Um, and it's very convenient. So if you're struggling right now, I obviously see, be seen by a lactation consultant. If you're local to Utah, reach out and I can give you some names. Um, the lactation link is also really good. And anyway, so yeah, make sure you're being seen and then just give yourself grace, a lot of compassion and reach out for help because, you know, you're not alone and there's so many that have struggled with breastfeeding. And if you don't like breastfeeding, then that's okay. You don't have to breastfeed. It's not something you have to do. It's just, you know, if it's something that you want to do, know that there's other, there's ways that you can try to help your body do this. And there's lots of people that want to help you. So then my third baby, he ended up passing away. If you know the story, um, his name's Tristan and he passed away from a kidney disorder. Anyway, so I knew that this was going to happen. So my whole entire goal with his pregnancy was to pump and donate his milk because I wanted to make sure that the milk that would have been his could feed another baby because I was actually still breastfeeding my son Wyatt at the time and stopped breastfeeding probably shortly before he turned three. Um, and so that was actually really nice because he was getting extra milk. So it was helping my engorgement a lot. And then I was pumping as much as I could. And so I was able to donate over 3000 ounces, which 
is mind-blowing and so incredible to three different babies. So I'm super grateful I was able to do that. Um, and then when I decided to stop, I used like cabbage leaves to try to dry up my milk. And, um, yeah, and that was really hard to decide that because I felt kind of selfish going, you know, thinking I have so much milk and these babies that need it, but I was exhausted. I was waking up every two to three hours to pump throughout the night. So it was like I had a newborn and I didn't have a baby to feed this milk to, but I had just a pump pumping, right? So I'd wake up in the middle of night and pump. And I had a goal, you know, I had the goal of feeding these three babies and I didn't know for how long until I felt, and I remember texting my friend that was, that had also been there, done that with a baby that had passed away. And she, she's like, you know, you don't have to keep doing it. You know, if it's messing with like your mental health and stuff, you know, you can, you can say no and you can take a break and just listen to your body and just be grace, graceful with yourself and um, gracious with yourself and compassionate. So that was a really good, um, a, a really good, uh, I'm glad I talked to her because it was nice to hear that validation that it is hard and that I'm not selfish if I decide to stop. So I did that and then I got pregnant with Freya and, um, I had stopped breastfeeding Wyatt shortly before I got pregnant. It was probably maybe through two or three months and, um, I decided to stop breastfeeding him I honestly thought that he was gonna breastfeed until I kicked him off the boob but um he started I started weaning him down like with the feeds like throughout the day I would say no only nap time and bedtime so he stopped napping because I stopped nursing him and which is kind of bittersweet right like but he would just lay there and nurse and nurse and nurse and never sleep so I'm like you know what kid like we're done like I'm gonna go because my nipples you know if you're child's on your nipple breastfeeding for like an hour it's not it does not feel good it is not fun <laughs> I mean sometimes maybe maybe it doesn't bug you but sometimes you're just like at that point where you're like okay I'm done I need you to nap so I can go get stuff done and you're just laying here way to wake nursing like no this isn't we're done so then I stopped doing that and then one time at nighttime I so how how I did it was at nighttime I would you know nurse them for a little bit and like okay all right, we're just, we're going to be done now. Only, and I would only do on one side of the one. I did two boobs and then I did one boob and then we did no boobs. And so I was like, okay, we're almost done. And then one night he didn't even ask. He just like fell asleep in my arms and I laid him in his bed and I was like, okay, wow, that was interesting. And then I never offered it again. And he asked maybe a couple times, but I was like, no, we're all done. And he never whined about it, which was so shocking to me. I really honestly thought that he was going to be boob obsessed for the rest of his childhood. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad he wasn't. I'm glad it was easier than I thought. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, and then also night weaning with him was way more challenging. I wanted to, I was a doula. I started being a doula when he was 11 months old. And so night weaning him was a goal of mine so that my husband didn't have to like wake up and, and deal with him being fussy and getting back to sleep because he didn't have me to nurse him back to sleep. So at 18 months is when we finally got him to do this. And I did it with a water bottle or a sippy cup. So when he would wake up at night and want the boob, I would say, nope, here's your water. And he would throw it because we co-sleep. And so it's just a little bit more challenging when he wakes up and just can roll over and grab the boob and go back to sleep. It's way more convenient, right? But 
it was messing with all of us. So he would wake up. I would say, here's your water. And he would throw it. He would chuck it across the room. And then just, I would just repeat myself and just keep doing it. And I learned, I'll have to find the uh, video that I learned this, that I learned this from and link it in the show notes. Cause it was very helpful for us. Um, cause it was not stopping coast, <coughs> excuse me. It was not stopping co-sleeping. It was learning how to work with your baby to stay co-sleeping, but also teach them the boundaries that no more boobs until the sun comes up, right? So that's kind of what we did. And then after a few, you know, days, maybe a week or two of consistency of that, he finally just would stop asking or he would grab his water and go back to sleep. And honestly, he still does the same thing. But now he can wake up, grab his water and go back to sleep most of the time. Sometimes he still wanders into my room, which, you know, that's something we'll tackle another day. Okay. Okay. So now we're on to my last baby, Freya. So we are still nursing. She's 11 or 12 months old now. She just turned one, um, like a week ago or a couple weeks ago, which is so wild and so emotionally hard for me just thinking about this is my last baby and my last time nursing. So I don't know when we want to be done. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, probably gosh, who knows? Cause right now everything's great. So I gave birth to her at home, which was incredible. Um, so I wanted to do the, the breast crawl with her. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it's after you have your baby, you lay them on your chest or your stomach and you are obviously naked and they're naked and they just kind of like push off of your belly and they they find your nipple and are able to nurse and they do this because they can smell the amniotic fluid from your breast and that's why our nipples are darkened because it helps them to see them and it's just this incredible incredible thing that babies are biologically um, able to do it's pretty incredible so I'll link a video in the show notes that you can watch a breast crawl and maybe try it with your baby I would love to hear if you did it and how it went if you did do it (laughs) so my uh so we didn't I tried to do the breast crawl with her but she was so hungry at that point she was over it she was done waiting she just wanted to eat And so I tried to do it for like a second and then I just felt bad because I was like, oh my gosh, she's so mad. I'm just going to put her on the boob. So I didn't do the breast crawl. So I'm kind of bummed that I didn't do that, but you know, it is what it is and it's fine. She got the boob and she latched and milk just, she was my best nurser, best nurser. So happy. Um, I didn't have to wear a nipple shield with her. My nipples never cracked or bled or were sore. They started, I mean, they were a tiny bit sore just from constant nursing, but they were never painful. And I'm just like, I was like, is this real life? Is this how it could have been the last two times? Or like, why is this? Is it because my nipples are used to it? Which I don't think that's the case. But um, yeah, I'm super, I was super, super lucky that that happened with her. And, but she also dealt with the projectile vomiting. And I obviously knew that that was probably because of my, um, uh, oh my heck the uh, oversupply and the forceful letdown that I had her just having to gulp in a lot more than normal and getting a lot of air with her food and so she would throw up a lot um and so then what I started to notice and research was also that dairy could be causing this dairy could cause 
um, oversupply and forceful letdowns and it could be causing her to be really uncomfortable because her stomach was actually hurting. So she was kind of colic, she was kind of colicky. So I cut dairy completely out and that solved so much of our problems because she also started getting like really bad eczema on her face and I used tubby Todd lotion that helped within four days it was gone it was incredible so I'll also link in in the show notes a discount code you can use for tubby Todd it's like a gem it's a gem you need to have it if you're having a baby it's so good um um so we used that and then also just cutting dairy out completely helped so many things so it helped her colic it helped her um helped my body not have so much milk to give her forceful letdowns and it just it was just overall really good for me too so I noticed that and we did that and it helped and yeah so we are still nursing and my milk regulated and everything after you know three months like I said that's kind of like this weird window of growth and development with the baby's bellies and our bodies just regulating with theirs and it's just like our bodies are just kind of getting in sync with each other it's so crazy and so wild how our bodies are made so perfectly like this and um yeah so we are still nursing like I said I don't know when we're going to be done but uh we are she's doing great and yeah hi Freya are you eating chalk there's a lots of different things I have another episode um I can't remember the number for it but it's uh it's one of the very early episodes that I interview Jetem she is a breastfeeding um educator and she's a good friend of mine and she has a lot of amazing knowledge as well so I will you can also go back and listen to that episode I'll link that in the show notes as well so you can go back and listen to that we go over lots of facts and how to troubleshoot and things like that so this episode was just basically an overview of kind of my experience with breastfeeding my personal experience and different things I've tried and helped me when I was struggling with different things so Go back and listen to that episode if you have some questions on troubleshooting ideas. And then if you um, need some help finding a lactation specialist, I would be more than happy to help you. Or you can follow the link in the show notes and you can look up your um, La Leche, La Leche <laughs> League. Um, and also find an educator around you that's closer to your area. So. Thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful that you are still in this community and listening. And yeah, if you ever have any suggestions on show ideas, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I am, you can reach me on my email at transformmaternityandbirth at gmail.com or if you follow me on Instagram, which you, if you don't, you should because I post a lot of educational content on there. I'm very active on there and I just play around and have a lot of fun with reels. <laughs> so I would love to have you part of that community as well so we can become friends and get to know each other. And um, I will link my Instagram handle in the show notes as well. So you can click on that, follow me and learn so much more about birth and labor and babies and newborns and all the things. So thank you so much. I am happy you're here.